What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Giandoletti Jr. How you guys doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. And today we are going to be previewing the Dolphins Week 9 matchup against the Chicago Bears. But before we get into that, if you're new to the channel, welcome. I'm glad to have you here for the first time. And if it's not your first time, welcome back going to ask you guys to subscribe to the channel on whatever podcast streaming service you're listening to and make sure if you like what you hear on the podcast on a weekly basis give this podcast a five-star review and speaking of the number five the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb agreed to a five-year up to 119 million dollar contract now this is something that you know most of us expected uh, unless you were like Omar Kelly who was saying that if the Dolphins didn't give Bradley Chubb a contract, this deal made no sense. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, no shit, Sherlock. Um, the, I mean, most of the times, guys, this is why when, you know, when I talked about the Bradley Chubb deal in the last podcast and I talked about Chris Greer and I saw so many people out there, you know, saying, wake up, Chris Greer, wake up, you're not doing anything. Like these deals take a lot of time and especially when you're trading for a player in Chubb's situation, you know, he's going into a contract year and so you want to make sure that not only are you trading for the player, but that you have a deal in place. And so Chris Greer, you have to understand like he's trying to do three things at once. He's trying to get a good deal that the Broncos would agree to talk to Bradley Chubb's agent so that when he comes here, you know, you can lock him down and you don't have to worry about him hitting free agency. And then you're talking to your cap managers, you know, to make sure that you guys can get him under the cap um, and everything will be okay. So it's like you have to deal with all three of those things at once. Uh, And normally, you know, with a guy like Jeff Wilson, you're just really focusing on two of those, making sure that you have the right compensation and then making sure that you can fit him under the cap. But with Bradley Chubb, again, you know, I I fully expected that once they traded and, and I talked about this based off Patreons I'm subscribed to that maybe you are as well, that the deal was going to be like a five-year, $105 million, which is basically what it is. It has incentives to get up to 120 or 119 But I fully expected this deal to, to happen. You don't trade for a guy who's a 26-year-old pass rusher, trade a first-round pick plus for him and not have a deal in place. Uh, I, I, I saw that some people were shocked it happened so quickly, but I wasn't because, again, I mean, when you're, when you're doing this, you have most of the parameters of the deal in place when you trade for him. You just have to fix some, you know, finite little details. So nonetheless, guys, really happy that he is under contract through 2027. Um, so he is going to be a part of our foreseeable future on the team. And before we get into previewing the Dolphins game, I want to talk about two things. Number one, uh, I don't know if anyone saw this on the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Twitter page. But if you didn't know, Tua throwing four touchdown passes against the Ravens in the fourth quarter was a record. No one's ever done it. Um, And so his jersey, along with Jalen Waddell, who caught that last touchdown pass, both of their jerseys are in Canton right now. Like Tua and Jalen Waddell are in the Hall of Fame right now for that fourth touchdown that uh, Jalen caught and that Tua threw in that Ravens game. So hats off to them, guys. You have... Again, a quarterback and a wide receiver who are in the Hall of Fame due to the accomplishments that they've made on the field this year. Uh, And that kind of just goes to show you the level that this offense has been playing at um, so far this season. And the other thing, staying on the Bradley Chubb trade, you know, now that 
we've all had time to kind of digest the trade. It happened three days ago, so we have time to now like look at it and really, you know, evaluate how we feel about it and and what and what our thoughts are on it. You know, I was sitting there after I made the podcast after we traded for Bradley Chubb and really the last couple of days just thinking about the trade, thinking about how this is going to impact the team. And the more I thought about it, the more I really loved it. And I will say, you know, there there's a lot of people out in the media, a lot of fans that are saying that this is the type of move, uh, the type of move that means you're, you know, going to win a Super Bowl this year. You think you're ready to. And while I love the enthusiasm, and I think for sure the Dolphins believe that this gives them a better chance to get there, you know, I I, I don't really uh, necessarily agree with the dealing in absolutes that, you know, you trade for a guy like Bradley Chubb and that means you're going all in for the Super Bowl. You know, this isn't a Los Angeles Rams uh, trying to trade for all these veterans at once. This isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going all in. You're getting a young 26-year-old pass rusher at the deadline. And it doesn't just mean that they're ready this year. Like you have him under contract now for the next five years. And so while I think that this move definitely makes them more of a contender because you're allowed to, you're you're hoping that you're able to rush the passer more consistently with only four, you know, I don't think that this necessarily means that the Dolphins are like, yep, we're all in. It's Super Bowl or bust this year. No, I think the Dolphins just saw the opportunity to add a good player at a premium position, knowing that that pick that they had, based on how the NFC is looking and how San Francisco is looking now with Christian McCaffrey, I think the Dolphins were reading the tea leaves, and I think they saw that this pick's probably not going to be any better than 20. And what player in this draft coming up can we get that is going to add the same quality of play as a Bradley Chubb? And so, again, I'm not saying that the Dolphins don't believe they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying any of that. It's just I don't believe this is a Super Bowl or bust type of move. I think this is a let's just add a really good player that can help us create a more sustainable and fundamental philosophy on defense. And that's the next thing I wanted to transition into with the Bradley Chubb trade. You know, if you look at the really great players in the NFL, doesn't matter the position they play, they make your room for error a lot greater. And what I mean by that is if you look at the great quarterbacks, right, they make your room for error greater because you can whiff on draft picks. You can not get the best wide receivers. You can have wide receivers that, you know, don't necessarily demand top dollar. But if you're a really good quarterback, right, that allows you to then elevate those guys. And so we're seeing that a lot in the NFL. Get a guy that's on a cheap contract, get a really good rookie quarterback or a really good star quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, and they they, they fix a lot of problems on your team. They mask a lot of problems on your team. You know, you look at someone like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill makes the room for error way higher on offense. And what I mean by that is you could throw a 10-yard pass and he'll gain 30, you know, You don't have to necessarily manufacture all these big plays downfield. Same thing with Jalen Waddell. You look at Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard this year has been phenomenal because he has shadowed either wide receiver one or two, and you could put him on a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or a Tyler Boyd, and that then increases the room for air because now someone like Noah Igbenogany, who's not nearly as good, you can put, you know, a safety to help him. 
So Noah doesn't have to be perfect on every single rep. And when I look at the Bradley Chubb trade and I kind of say, okay, how does he fit into that philosophy? Bradley Chubb greatly increases the room for error on defense. And the reason is because in a cover zero defense, okay, cover zero just means you have no help over the top. Okay. You don't have any safety. So your cornerbacks, essentially, it's like playing one-on-one in practice. You have to try to anticipate where the guy is going to go on a certain route and hope to God that when he catches the ball, you can tackle him. Because if not, he's got a lot of green grass ahead. And I think what we're starting to see with the Dolphins defense is they're trying to shift from that into more conventional, safe, four-man, five-man fronts to where they can just hopefully get after the quarterback and drop six to seven guys in coverage. And, you know, I think realistically, the days of the Dolphins showing all those exotic blitzes and cover zeros, I think those days are gone. I think they'll implement them here and there because they do it really well. But the NFL is a fast adapting league. And what you did two years ago and had a lot of success with two years ago, it's not going to work now. And I think we've seen that against the Ravens. We've seen that in years past against the Bills. We saw it the past two weeks, you know, or especially this last week against the Lions, you know, scoring 27 points on us in one half. And I think Josh Boyer and Chris Greer looked at looked at the team and Mike McDaniel too, and they said, we can't do this anymore. This isn't sustainable. We can't just go into every game and try to manufacture and, and uh, artificially, I guess, for lack of a better word, create pressure by sending seven guys. We don't have Byron Jones. We don't have Brandon Jones. We don't have Nick Needham. Xavier Howard has two groin injuries. Like gone are the days when we can just rely on those guys and send seven or eight every single play. And so that's what Bradley Chubb does. He allows you to now be able to rush four, rush five guys, and that greatly increases the, increases the room for error for all these young, inexperienced cornerbacks because they no longer need to play perfect, okay? They can drop back in coverage a lot more, drop back in zone, have help over the top with guys like Varon McKinley, Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, whoever it is, And so, again, like Bradley, and also it increases the room for air because, you know, you look at the other guys on the line, the Jalen Phillips, the Christian Wilkins, you know, there's only five guys that can protect, you know, six, seven, maybe, depending on what set you're in, what formation you're in. You know, if you have one, two tight ends, maybe a running back. But like, if you have a four man front that can get home and you have guys like Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, that's going to increase the room for error because not every single guy is going to have to be perfect. You know, you're going to have times where Bradley Chubb is getting double teamed and now Jalen Phillips doesn't have to worry about a double team because he's no longer the best pass rusher on the on the front line. So when I look at the Bradley Chubb trade, yes, he's not necessarily a top five pass rusher in the NFL. He's probably somewhere around top 12. But what he does is it now allows you to not have to necessarily play absolutely perfect in the secondary, especially when you have so many injuries and so much, um, so many moving parts there. And it allows you to play, in my opinion, a more sustainable uh, and a more um, 
uh, fundamental style of defense, which is just let's rush four or five, let's implement blitzes every here and there. But at the end of the day, what we are going to try to do is confuse quarterbacks more with our coverage schemes and hope that our guys up front, our four or five guys up front, can get after the quarterback. And I think, honestly, it's a shift that you're going to see from here on out. I don't think the Dolphins are ever going to go back to blitzing and cover zero as much as they were in the past. I think it'll still be a part of their scheme. But again, you're seeing in the NFL, guys like Josh Allen, guys like Patrick Mahomes, you know, if you want to get after those quarterbacks, you can't rely on guys like Noah and Cater, you know, to 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 go one-on-one with Gabe Davis or Isaiah McKenzie because the NFL is learning cover zero. They're learning how to attack it. And I mean, with the accuracy that some of these guys have in the arm strength, they can just lob a ball down at a spot in the field and your cornerback has no idea where the wide receiver is running to. And we saw that against the Bills. Again, you get after Josh Allen and he'll just toss the ball up to Gabe Davis and you get burnt, right? We've seen it many times in years past. So what the Dolphins are doing now, I think you're going to start to see a shift. They're going to start playing a lot more coverage. They're not going to put as much stress on their cornerbacks, give them more help over the top and hope, again, this is why you make a move for a Bradley Chubb. You pay him what he's paid. uh, You trade what you traded for him because now you can just rush four or five guys and drop the rest in coverage and that should fix a lot of your issues. So we shall see. Only time will tell if it'll work. You know, the hope is obviously that it does work or, or why did you trade or, or pay this guy? But I think that it's a much more sustainable and fundamental philosophy. And it's something that, you know, in games past and weeks past, I've talked about, hey, you know, the Dolphins can't be blitzing as much. You can't be blitzing these people as much because they are just tearing you apart. But what I failed to realize if I'm evaluating myself was the Dolphins didn't have the guys. They thought they did, but they don't have the guys to get home with just four. And so they had to do that in order to manufacture pressure because I don't care who the quarterback is. If you just allow them to drop back and sit back there for four seconds, every quarterback is going to pick you apart. So hopefully, again, fingers crossed, that's what the trade for Bradley Chubb does. It's not a this year specific move. It's a the NFL has figured us out. We need to play a more fundamental and sustainable form of defense by just rushing four or five more consistently and implementing blitzes and cover zeros every once in a while, but not relying on it. And, you know, last thing I'll say is, you know, another thing is Byron Jones, you know, I'm just saying that he's probably not going to play again this year. And if he does, it'll be for a limited basis or a limited amount of time. He's not going to be on the team next year. Xavier Howard, I think, is about to turn 30 or he'll be 30 next season. So his shelf life is probably about one, two years more uh, of good play. And so the Dolphins understanding that, understanding that like we don't have an elite secondary necessarily anymore. We have Xavier Howard, who's one of the best in the NFL, but that's it. And even though Javon Holland is great, he's too talented to be dropping in coverage and blitzing every other play. He has such good instincts. You need to drop him in coverage. Let him be back there and do the Minka Fitzpatrick confused a quarterback fly all over the field. And I think that's what this move for Chubb does. It's not a we're ready to win the Super Bowl. It's a we are ready to play more fundamental, sustainable defense. 
and we're going to start shifting away from relying so heavily on cover zero. That's what it goes to show. That's what it shows me. Um, but again, only time will tell and actions speak louder than words. So we shall see how this trade affects the Dolphins moving forward. But nonetheless, guys, let's get into the matchup. Week 9 matchup against the Chicago Bears. And I don't know if you guys are like me, man. Let me take a swig of this coffee real quick. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I can't believe it's week nine already. I mean, I feel like this season is flying by. I feel like we were just watching the Dolphins, you know, have that comeback victory against the Ravens. Like, I mean, leaves are changing. It's November 4th. Dolphins are about to play week nine against Chicago. And it's like this season's flying by. And I'm one of those people who, you know, the weekend will come and it'll be Saturday, like evening and I'll already be upset about Monday work. Even though I still have a whole day and a half ahead of me, I'll start getting upset because I know I have to go back to work on Monday. That's the type of person I am. Uh, so it's crazy that like we're already week nine and, and understanding that the season's like halfway over. Hopefully not because hopefully you get into the playoffs, but it's just crazy, man. Time flies by. And so the Dolphins, week nine against the Chicago Bears. Dolphins are five and three. Two and two record away. Chicago Bears are three and five, but they are two and one at home. And the first place I want to start off with this game is the weather forecast. So right now, for the Dolphins game on Sunday, November sixth, originally it was supposed to be rainy and windy. Right now, the weather actually couldn't be more perfect. It's sixty-five, completely sunny. Um, there's like a zero percent chance of rain or two percent chance of rain. Winds of up to 15 miles an hour from the southwest. Humidity 55. UV index 3 of 10, which that doesn't really matter at all. Um, but again, winds between 10 to 20 miles an hour. And also, the Chicago Bears, I didn't know this, but listening to, to people's podcasts and stuff like that that do way, I, I guess, know way more about these fields and stuff. The Chicago Bears now have Bermuda grass, which is the same grass that the Dolphins have. So, I mean, this is basically going to be a little bit cooler of temperature than Miami, you know, about by like 15, 20 degrees, but it's going to be the same grass, perfectly sunny, beautiful day, a high amount of humidity, but that's nothing new for Miami. And so this is something that I want to start doing a lot more uh, when I talk about the previews of games. I didn't last week because it's a dome against the Detroit Lions, but I really want to start focusing on the weather in these away games because with a team like Miami who plays in basically perfect conditions, unless it's rain, they play in amazing conditions every single week. They're used to warm weather. You know, as we start getting into these colder months, we are going to have to start taking that into a f into consideration. You know, how wet's it going to be? Is it going to be raining a lot, snowing? How cold's it going to be? Because this team is a team, and this is something that we're going to have to see as the season goes along, they are a team predicated around speed and not really as much physicality smash you in the mouth, right? And so if you're playing a team like Chicago with the old grass they had and maybe in damper, colder weather, you know, that's going to limit a Tyreek Hill or a Jalen Waddle, you know, and it's going to make this game more of a run first, which the Dolphins have shown not a great ability to run the football this season, and so I want to start doing that more often. Look at the weather, see the temperature, see the conditions, and because that because that can affect 
my output or, or my outlook on the game. But nonetheless, guys, uh, the Dolphins, <clears throat> you know, weather is not going to be super bad for them this week against the Chicago Bears. Fingers crossed that nothing there changes. So looking at this matchup, speaking of defense, now that Bradley Chubb, we have him on the team. Same with Jeff Wilson. Mike McDaniel in his press conference on Wednesday came out and said that he expects them to play. Uh, to what extent, he does not know, which what he means by that is we're not going to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I said that when we traded, like these are two guys with Jeff Wilson and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb, smart player um, from everything you hear about him. He's a guy that's going to be able to come in. He plays a position in defensive end where you don't really have to tell him too much. He's a veteran in this in this league. Just send him out there on you know some snaps. Tell him, hey, rush the passer if it's a pass, and if it's not, stop the run. We're not going to start dropping you in coverage and doing all that. But but nonetheless, I think you'll see him in a rotation for sure. And then uh, same thing with Jeff Wilson. You know, he's coming from this exact scheme in San Francisco. Mike McDaniel's coached him before, so like I, I expect him honestly to play just as much as Chase Edmonds was. I don't think there should be really a gap. I think he's going to know this offense probably better than Chase Edmonds did. He's in. He, he's he's healthy, right? He's not injured, so I expect him to have actually a significant. Um, impact in this game uh, or, or not impact but uh, I expect him to have a good amount of snaps in this game um, injury report real quick Dolphins right now on their injury report have Brandon Shell, Tanner Connor Andrew Van Ginkle Eric Rowe and Durham Smythe is questionable uh, Chicago Bears have uh, Larry Borum offensive tackle questionable Kyler Gordon uh, questionable and Eddie Jackson questionable now the one that sticks out to me is Eddie Jackson I expect him to play but he's a player on their defense that, you know, if he doesn't play, that's going to make a significant, a significant impact, in my opinion. Uh, but first, we're going to start off again with the Dolphins defense. And with a guy like Bradley Chubb, um, I think this is a game where hopefully you see the effects of what he can do. And what I mean by that is when you have guys like Justin Fields who have a great arm, who have a, a lot of physical talent. If you can just try to get there with four and drop everyone else in coverage, that allows you to put a spy on him, right? That allows you to try to confuse him because he's a young quarterback. You don't have to necessarily line everyone up and take a chance that he can just lob it down there because he has a cannon of an arm. Or, you know, he can do an RPO like Lamar Jackson did and take it to the house. I think this week, if you look at the Dolphins defense, what I would try to do is just go out and try to confuse him. Don't try to blitz him, you know, try to get home with four or five guys, occasionally blitz Jerome Baker every now and then or or in Landon Roberts, but really just have a nice four or five man front. Hope that, you know, Bradley Chubb can go out there and make an impact. I think he will, because right now the Chicago Bears are the worst team in the NFL in sacks. They allow the most sacks in the NFL. And so if there's a week where Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb are going to get after the quarterback with just four and you're going to be able to drop everyone else in coverage. This is the week. And I think that with all things considered, this is probably the healthiest the secondary has been. You're getting guys like Cater and Keon back two weeks now. So they're getting, you know, more into the groove of playing again. Uh, and so what I would do this week from a defensive standpoint is, you know, number one, try to stop the run. Okay, so probably more five-man fronts, 
Okay, let's get, you know, Davis in the middle, Ogba Wilkins left and right ends, and then let's get, you know, Phillips and uh, Bradley Chubb on the edge as your outside linebackers. And let's just see if you can stop the run, first of all, because I think after that, if you can start disguising some of these coverages and getting after the quarterback with three or four guys, I think it's going to make Justin Fields... um, day a lot harder and this is an offense with Chicago that I do respect because I watched the whole entire game against the Patriots and the Patriots defense say what you will about it but the Dolphins struggled to score points on them their team that held the Lions to zero points meanwhile the Dolphins gave up 27 and one half to them so this is an offense that I respect um, but again this is why you make an addition like Bradley Chubb You make an addition, you say, hey, Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilkins, Emmanuel Ogba, Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis, Bradley Chubb, pin your ears back, get after him, and let's drop six, seven guys in coverage and try to confuse a guy who has been known to maybe not make the best decisions with the football. Let's try to confuse him, right? Let's not try to give him any easy passes by blitzing the crap out of him. And I think that really that's going to be the key to your success. I could obviously say stop the run. And with the Chicago Bears having, um, just so Colin Coward knows, there's no guy named Robinson on the Chicago Bears. But when you have David Montgomery um, and you have uh, Khalil Herbert, those are two guys that I do respect in the backfield. You know, Khalil Herbert has 91 carries for 563 yards this season, which is over 120 yards more than Raheem Mostert. This is a guy that they will try to run the football. So I think the Dolphins, given that on defense uh, with rushing yards, I'm trying to double check this before I say anything too crazy, but I'm pretty sure the Dolphins right now in rushing yards are one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, The Dolphins are, let's see, Dolphins are ninth in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. So I think given that, I don't think they're going to have an issue stopping the run. I think that's really what they're going to commit to. And then again, not to sound like a broken record, but now with the addition of Bradley Chubb, you try to rush for, you drop everyone else in coverage and try to confuse him. And I think that that's a phenomenal philosophy to go with because if you look at the last two weeks against the Steelers and against the Lions you've given up zero points in the second half and I think the reason why this season you've seen such um, great second half adjustments from the defense is because they've 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 gone away from the aggressiveness I think in each game the Ravens game you know the Bills game if you look against uh, what they did against the Patriots the whole entire time in the second half, they adjusted. They said, we're not going to try to blitz these guys anymore. We're not going to try to just send the house every play. Let's drop everyone in coverage. Try to get there with four. And it's worked. And I think, again, just that that's why you make the move for Bradley Chubb. Because you're seeing that you're, you're, you're so talented that if you just drop everyone in coverage, if you have guys that can get after the quarterback, you're going to be dangerous. So I think that's the game plan they go with defensively against the Bears. And I think... Um, I think what what's going to happen is you're going to see a shift in yards allowed because right now the Dolphins are giving up 275 pass yards and 100 rush yards, um, which is 376 yards per game, which I believe puts them somewhat towards the bottom. It's like bottom 10 or 12 in the NFL in yards allowed. I know 
yards, um, I'm trying to think, yards for passing, the Dolphins are 26th. And then they are ninth again in rushing yards. So overall, they're like a average to slightly below average in yards allowed. I think a lot of that is because of that cover zero. They give up big plays here and there. I think you're going to see that number go down. I think you're going to see the defense play a lot more safe, uh, play a lot safer football, not give up as many big plays and just allow their guys to, you know, sit back there, read the play uh, and disguise their coverages to confuse these quarterbacks. So Again, defensively, that's what I would do, especially now that you get Bradley Chubb. You don't get Bradley Chubb and 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 send, you know, eight guys at the line of scrimmage as much. You don't. You get the guys like that so you can drop more people in coverage. Now, with the Dolphins offense, so luckily, again, with the weather, it's not going to be too much of an issue. Um, but I really think, again, like the Bears... their defense is pretty good. Like pass yardage, the Bears defense, they give up 198.9 yards per game. So let's just call it 200. And right now, the Bears um, in pass defense are seventh in the NFL. They have the seventh best pass defense in the NFL. However, they have the 31st rush defense in the NFL. They give up, you know, 156, I believe it is, 156 yards per game on the ground. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to be insensitive to Liam Eikenberg's injury, but I think that if you can have Robert Jones in there who looked good, if you can have Brandon Shell who has looked um, decent, I think that really this is going to be a game. I thought it would be last week, but you know the defense gave up 27 points in one half, so that's going to change what you can do offensively. But I think this is the week where you set the, you set, um, you know, the tone on the ground. You run the football, you ground and pound, and you set up the play action because I don't think that this is a defense, even without Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, I don't think this is a defense that you're just going to be able to go out and throw it all over the field on. I think this is a defense where you really have to establish the run game and set up the play action through that. And personally, I think this is going to be a game where the two MVPs are going to have to be that offensive line and Tua. Like, I think this Tua is going to have to play like he's played the last, the, well, really this season. He's going to have to play really good football because I think that the Chicago Bears are capable enough on offense to score a lot of points. Even though you do add Bradley Chubb, I still, with the weak secondary, I think they are dangerous. Um, and so this is a game that I think you're going to have to limit the turnovers. You're going to have to really set the tone up front and be able to establish a running game. And so the number one thing that I would do for the Dolphins is establish that run game. Again, the Bears are the second worst team in the NFL at yards allowed on the ground. This is a game now with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster where you can split the carries. You can trust both guys to know what they're doing. They're similar. Jeff Wilson has a phenomenal burst, uh, just like Raheem Moster. And so these are two guys that you can trust in the running game. And so I think that's where you start. I think you start there and then, as usual, allow Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in the RPO game and the deep play action pass game to really just go for it, man. And I think overall, when I look at this game, I don't have necessarily as much confidence that we'll win as I did with the Lions. But then again, I had a lot of confidence in the Lions game and we won by four points. You know, so I think when I look at this game, 
I look at how the Chicago Bears, I do think they're dangerous. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for them offensively and defensively. You're playing at Soldier Field, which is one of the hardest environments to play in in the NFL. Luckily, the weather's not bad. I think that with the losses of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, you're going to see a drop-off maybe in performance defensively. Um, and I don't really fear the addition of Chase Claypool on the defense or on their offense. And so when I look at this game, I think that it's going to be a higher scoring affair. And honestly, I'm going to pick the same scores I picked last week. I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win 31-27. Um, you know, I think that what's going to happen in this game is you're going to see, hopefully, um, the Dolphins get off to a fast start offensively. Uh, get up by seven to 10 points of a lead. And then after that, just really try to manage the game. And I think that, you know, the Bears will try to mount a comeback at the end, uh, but I don't think it'll be enough to overcome the Dolphins. So hopefully, maybe we can allow even less points than that. It's just the Bears, you know, last week against Dallas, you score a lot of points. You score a lot of points against the Patriots in New England, who, in my opinion, have a great defense. So I'm not just going to go out there and say that the Dolphins now because they have Bradley Chubb, are just going to give up zero points. I think that the Bears are probably going to score between 20 to 27 points. However, the Dolphins' offense, just no one no one seems to be able to stop them. Um, you know, and I'm not sure what the Bears are going to do. I do have that weird fear that I had like last year with, or two years ago with the Denver game. And, you know, I've had it every now and then where I have that fear that this could be a bad game. And I could see the Dolphins losing, if I'm being completely honest. But I just think, again, you look at two teams, Chicago Bears were sellers. You know, they lose Ra- Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, two great players on their defense. They add someone in Chase Claypool, who I don't think is going to make that much of an impact. And then you look at the Dolphins. Dolphins only got better in the run game because they added another guy like Raheem Mostert that knows this offense and is going to give you more um, consistency in the pass game. And then you add a guy like Bradley Chubb that hopefully the thought is that he will allow this defense to play a lot more conservative and not give up as many big plays and as many points. So overall, I think the Dolphins in this game win by a score of 31-27. So that's all I have for you guys today on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Um, hope the Dolphins, you know, on Monday can move to 6-3. and three. That give them a nice three-game cushion. You know, when I'm looking ahead at the season realistically, the Dolphins should be able to get to 11 wins. Uh, There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to win your next three. I think you are a uh, better team than all three. I think you could beat the Bears. I think you could beat the Browns. They're not going to be easy games, but you should be able to. I think you should be able to beat the Texans, go on your bye week, get healthy, come back, and, you know, the Chargers are injured. I don't think Justin Herbert's all that. He's not as clutch as people think. Um, you know, I think that the Jets game is another win right there. That's five wins. The Packers don't look all that they're playing in Miami. So that could be another win. And then the Patriots game could be up in the air. The Dolphins should be able to win at least six more games, maybe seven and be looking at 11 and six, 12 and five. But it all starts this week. You have to go out there. Hopefully with Bradley Chubb, you can show this new identity on defense that we're not going to be as, you know, uh, aggressive. We're going to play more conservative. We have so much talent. Let's just let our guys go out there and hunt the football. Hopefully between that and maybe establishing a run game against the second worst 
defense, uh, rush defense in the NFL. I think the Dolphins come out with a victory, um, but only t- only time will tell, man. After last week, anything can happen. So hope you have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy watching the Dolphins, and hopefully we're talking on Monday about a victory Monday. Fins up, baby. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami.